Hi, I'm Maeve Doyle, and you're listening to A Private View. On today's episode, we're talking to three of the artists from What Lies Within Us, a group show at Maddox Gallery, Westport Grove. Jablik, you have a nickname that was given to you by your teachers at school for the massive amount of creative output. What's your birth name? My birth name is Joseph Kojo Adibleku. And they said that they started calling you Joblik because of your creativity? How did this happen? It, it happens that, I mean, due to my creativity, they look at the name, how it sounds, so they decided to abstract few words from each uh, names. So the Joseph, they took the J-O, and with the Adibleku, they took the B-L-E-K. So they, they frame it together, they put it together and came out with that such name due to my creativity. And it sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. That was at the Ankle College of Art? Sure, that's Ankle College of Art. You describe painting as one of the most fulfilling desires that you've had sure. in life. It's something to kind of define your existence. Sure. And that the beauty of your spirit and soul comes out onto the canvas. When I was in front of your work, I, I certainly felt like you left a part of your soul on the canvas. Sure, you're right. So it's a spiritual connection you have with the art world. So every piece of art of mine, you see, you see the artist itself. You see me because I pour my spirit, I pour my soul, my emotions, everything that I've got within me, I pour it on the canvas. So that becomes spiritual. And I believe that everything that I've got on the canvas comes out to be an element that kind of impact my society in terms of, I mean, healing people emotionally and also realigning people's perspective and imaginations through my collective output on the canvas. Having stood in front of your canvases, I'm, I'm thinking about how you're realigning my conditioned response to painting or portraiture or everyday life. And sure. uh, I'm wondering if if I'm getting it right, there's unusual color combinations that have an emotive quality. The portrait is gazing right back at us. They're, they're confronting us as much as we're confronting them. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. So uh, so we, we, live, we live in a society whereby we, we don't live in an isolation. We live with people. So interacting with people, you get to know who they are. So I believe that how you rightly said, the painting gazing at you. I mean, we always look up to each other and standing in front of each other, we look through their faces, we look through their eyes to see the emotions and the issues of life that confront each other, especially when he has to do with emotions. And uh, my painting confront that aspect of the human nature or human scope through the framework of uh, the colors that I put through on my painting. So holistically, my painting has to uh, kind of touch every integral part of the human being through the colors, through the concept of the piece itself, and through the ideology of uh, 
interacting with the human sentiment. I'm going through your notes and it says that your mother encouraged you to paint. Sure. Was your mother an artist? Not really. Uh, my mother, at a uh, sort of kind of a beautician, she used to pleat her. So she, she is a stylish. But she encouraged you to paint anyway because she was uh, the creative expression she knew was part of who you were? That's right. So she always encourages me to paint when I started as a child. So everywhere I find myself, I'm either drawing with chalks or drawing with pencil on paper or on walls. So anytime she sees me do that, she always gets excited. And she tells me, my son, keep on, keep on moving, keep on doing, keep on doing what you love. And that has formed a part of me. Since then, I've been pursuing what I love to do as an artist. So yeah, my mother did encourage me a lot. And, and what influences you and the way you work? Either what influences you in, in the culture you live in or artistically what artists shape your approach to painting? I believe that, first of all, it is something that is inborn. So in my community or in my society, everything around me seems to be an art expression. So that really motivates me. I mean, the lifestyle the daily activities and personal relationship with individuals motivates me a lot to zone into the portraiture. How do you work? What's your studio practice like? Uh, do you work with models or is it from photographs or your imagination? Um, what techniques do you use? Do you use traditional techniques or non-traditional? What's integral to your practice? Like what can you not live without? I don't kind of use any uh, physical models. I look on uh, pictures to paint, pictures that speaks to, speaks to me, speaks to my emotions or speaks to my spirit or speaks to my soul. Those are the pictures that I, 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 I used to uh, kind of work with. And so what would you say in 2022, where we are right now, and you have a, a show in London, What Lies Within Us, uh, what would you say is the purpose of art, the purpose of painting? I believe that we, with the team that we, we're working with, uh, with the Maddox Art Gallery, what lies within us, I believe that, I mean, God created every being with a special ability, with something that lies within us, with that beautiful uh, element, with that beautiful gift things that lies within us. So I also think that uh, this is a way that Maddox Art Gallery has kind of uh, discovery in us to portray what truly lies within us or what truly lies within me to project to the world out there or to the viewers out there to see. I mean, as I said earlier, every human being got something lies within, something special lying within them. But I believe that you also need a platform to exhibit what is truly lies within you out for uh, people who hasn't seen it to see and appreciate what it is. So I believe it's a great opportunity to bring it out. I would agree with you there. It certainly was wonderful to stand in front of your work and new work. So I'm going to say goodbye, Joblek, for now. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to right. talk about things that are 
below the surface usually on a subconscious level. Thank you. A nice other day. I'm going to start with, again, names. Tell me what your name was at birth. My name is Daniel Ametepe Kukubo. The Amet you see in the signature is the short form of Ametepe. Right. And was it gifted to you as well when you were at art school? You went to art school at Ganada yes, College? Yes, I went to College of Arts. And design and graduated in 2006? Which is 2007. Quite, 2007. Tell me about your early life. How, what was your early life like? How did you get into the art world? Oh, I was born in Accra, the capital city of Ghana. And I, I grew up here. Um, I'm an artist. I started painting in my early age when I was going to the elementary school. I was doing drawings for my friends and at a point in time, I was taking money for it. They were uh, paying, buying lunch for me and other stuff. That's fantastic. So as I was growing up, uh, it became a hobby. I loved doing what I loved to do. So I was drawing all over the place. I was painting, sketching. So after my senior high, I decided to uh, further my arts education. So I went to Ganata College of Art and Design. And I majored in painting, completed in 2007, as we are saying right now. And I did other things. I went into painting after completing. I did a little uh, tuition also. I taught at the New Horizon Special School. It's a school with the kids with special needs. You have the Down syndrome, the autistic, the cerebral palsy. It's, it's a very big school in Ghana here, the New Horizon Special School. I taught them art and later became an art teacher over there. I started there as a money. Previously, when I was starting, I took care of a boy called Leslie. And later on, they, I was teaching them art. So the school employed me to become an art teacher over there. And I was assisting the class teacher also. So after that, in 2015, I decided to go full time. So from there, I've been painting from there up to now. And it has been so great. The story you just told me m makes me realize why there seems to be so much empathy and compassion in the portraits y you make of people. Clearly, the time you spent teaching and even your childhood makes people really what is the center of, of your universe, in a sense. That's why portraiture is alive for you. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Because I've been working with people hand in hand and I've, I've learned how to relate to people. And at a point in time, you find people in their uh, darkest moment, you're able to communicate with them, cheer them up, be able to talk to them to be uh, happy in a way. So I think it's, it's also build up my uh, art artistic skills to my expressions in the images that you've been seeing most of the time. And the images that I see that you've made are, uh, I'm guessing, you are representing people at their most beautiful. I'm looking right now at a picture of a man in a suit carrying a flower, and there's complementary colors of orange and blue, and it's just precious. Thank you. And he's just standing there leaning, waiting for someone with a flower. But you see in him the expectation, the hope, the impeccable grooming. It's just a very positive vibe. 
I really took that subject because, uh, you know, at a point in time, there seems to be no hope. But uh, in this industry, uh, recent years, uh, from 2019 to 2022, there has been a shift in the art industry and there has been a, a, a big hope for the artists, the young artists to be able to uh, project their art to the world. So, uh, I use the flowers because uh, there was a time when uh, when we were going to school, we see all those flowers on the roadside, we kick them, we, we, we have no regard for them because we didn't know what to do with them. But as time goes on, uh, there's this program that started, GGFS, Ghana Garden and Flower Show. And when I went to the show, I realized there are different kind of flowers that people are buying. People are into flowers now. So I'm like, wow, all these things that as we were growing up, we had no regard for them. But we have, uh, I, I can see how people appreciate it now. People are into flowers and I read more into that and I saw how it, 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 it helps our society, it helps nature and all those things. So and in terms of that, I knew there's hope. It's interesting because the man is the same color as the flowers. So in a way, you're connecting the people in our lives with the flowers and the way we respect the flowers or the way we respect each other. And the beauty in the flowers is in the beauty in the people. Oh, my God, I just got chills. And and that's why within your work, there's this kind of um, new narrative that comes through in the materials and the figures and the butterflies and the vases, that everything is part of life not just what you pick no 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 everything is part of life now i know that nature influences your work the way you grow up the memories of your childhood uh, the flora and fauna around you uh, the things that inform your everyday life the people standing on the street so you have this heightened awareness of what location is and in that you find a meaning and it shows when i see your your portraits and i'm guessing that if you changed where you lived your color palette would change your signifiers would change how is your studio practice? Do you paint from an easel? Do you paint on the ground? What, what materials do you use? What theory do you read? I'm guessing your work in education informs your work on the canvas a lot. Um, mostly I work with acrylic mm -hmm. on canvas. And I have a wall easel. I have a standing easel. I have a, a foldable easel. Sometimes I take out when I'm going on the... Uh, plain air. Sometimes I do plain air paintings. I go out and just mount my easel and do painting outside. It's amazing. Do you yes. do you, do you research the French artists? That's a uh, clearly a term that came from the impressionists. Yes, yes. So most of the time, I have uh, uh, this. Uh, uh, I follow some of the artists on Instagram that do uh, uh, plain air, like mm. the plain air. Yes, and so I learn some of the things from. Sometimes I learn from the social media the things I see around. So it's also a way of learning and uh, expanding my horizon. Ahmed, what's art for? For me, art is to educate and to be able to tell people about time. So let's say, let me put it this way. If I'm painting my time, what is happening now? What is happening in my time? And we are dead and gone, maybe in 50 years, 100 years, and children, children, uh, great-great-grandchildren come, 
they know what happened within that hundred years. Wonderful. So it's it's a way of uh, 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 let me put it this way: uh, time lapse that people will be able to know what had happened between uh, uh, in, in my time. The storytelling is passed on through the generations. Now you are uh, very humble uh, because you haven't mentioned that your work is in the National Museum or at the African Regent Hotel or was included in the Golden Tulip Award in Accra. <laughs> so it, it's that, and I think I'm probably missing some of the things that that has immortalized your work so that in a hundred years people will know the stories you were telling. How did your work end up in so many collections? You know, at a point in time when uh, I decided to go full-time and uh, we were painting and sometimes in a way, we, you know, you have to survive. Sometimes you have to survive. So you need to also part with some of your works. And sometimes some of the works, when you're parting with them, it's very difficult, but you know, it's good to share, to have a piece of you with someone. You see, you cannot hold everything to yourself. So that's, those are the reasons you decide, okay, then let, let me let some of the works go. Yeah, but you didn't let them go to, they went to museums. (laughs) They went to museums. Do you see what I'm saying? You didn't let them go to somebody. They went to national museums. That's amazing. Yeah, man, I'm grateful for that. I think it's good to share at least people at the museum, people get to go there, uh, look at the works, be able to communicate, be able to talk about it and be able to learn what you have also uh, done so far. I see. It's it's good. I see fundamentally your principles are about education and passing on strong values. And that's it seems to be consistent from the original story you told us of being a child to now. That seems to have been one of the consistent things that's followed you. A responsibility for teaching and showing a kind of leadership in that way. And it comes through in your in your portraits. Uh, I, I know you're part of a show in London called What Lies Within Us. What made you decide to participate in the show, this show in London? I was having my residency at Gallery 1957, and uh, a friend of mine, Anan, as you know, and also my manager, uh, was in my studio, and we were having a discussion. So he was doing a meeting with Maddox Gallery, and he decided to talk to them about me. And in my studio, they projected my works, what I was doing at the residency, and they wanted me in. So... And I'm very grateful that uh, to be part of the show ongoing, What Lies Within Us. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to stand in front of your work and to speak to you. And I'm so grateful for that. And I will say a very big thank you to Maddox Gallery for including me in the show. And I'll be looking forward for more opportunities and more exhibitions with them. And I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. Anan, hello. Thank you so much for for bringing all of this to London uh, with Jess and Helena. It's wonderful to have you here. I'm so intrigued with the narrative you have that drives your work forward. I'm guessing you're the manager of Joblik and Amit because you've been in the art game longer. Is that correct? 
Yes, 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 yes. So do you want to start from the beginning and tell me who you are, where you were born, and what your early life was like? Of course. <laughs> okay, so my name is um, Anan Afote. Um, I'm from Accra, Ghana. Um, I grew up in, in Ghana, and um, growing up in Ghana is uh, a little bit challenging. Um, I completed junior high school in 2003, and then um, after that, there was no money um, to further my education. So my parents, my parents asked me to uh, work with my brother, who is an engineer. Um, they asked me to go to uh, an engineering school, which I personally, I know I wanted to become an artist from early age. So when they asked me to do that, um, they are my parents and, you know, there is no money and my brother is making tons of money from this. So I decided to join my brother and, and work with him for, you know, like a uh, few months. So then I worked with my brother for like three months and I earned some money and, you know, went to art school with it, uh, Ganata College of Art and Design. And so I did art for four years. And then um, after that, I completed uh, painting, painting and art. So yeah, so after, after graduating Ganata College of Art and Design, um, that is when, you know, you have to come to the real, um, to the real world. And doing my art, uh, doing Ganata College of Art and Design, I decided not to think about money, not to, you know, focus on money, on money but, you know, my focus should be on learning and, you know, practicing. So I did not sell any, any of my artworks during my um, art school until I graduated. And, you know, coming to the real world, I realized, you know, it's very difficult for an artist to, you know, make a living out of art. So I have to do other things. You know, I decided to start selling. In, in Ghana here, we, we do sell, like we carry stuff on our head and sell. And, you know, so I decided to do a couple of things and, you know, that support me with uh, uh, buying art materials. Yeah, I know that's not easy because it takes a lot of thinking time to have a few creative moments. And when you have to work another job, it can make it quite difficult to get into the right headspace to paint. But it sounds like you were committed to doing it no matter what it took. And at, at the time, were you painting portraits? At that time... Yeah, at that time we were doing a, a lot of things um, from portraiture to uh, figurative, uh, imaginative and composition and uh, abstract painting, uh, still life, you know, commercial art. We're doing a whole lot of things, a lot of things. And um, so in Galata, you, we were taught all these things. So when you get to your final year, it's, it's a four years course. So when you get to your final year, that is when you decide what to do. So we are good with everything. So I, yeah, I, I, I paint portrait as well back in the days. But I wasn't, I wasn't really, really into portrait. I was much into abstract by then. Abstract and uh, 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 landscape painting. Your work now, the eyes are quite astonishing. Everything about the eyes is almost vulnerable. I almost feel vulnerable when I look at your work in a very beautiful way that I don't remember seeing before. And I, I recently stood in front of some of the red eye paintings and I, you do feel like you're connecting with the story of the sitter. Are, are you working with models? So most of them are referenced. Um, some of them I know in person and some to uh, models that fo follows me on Instagram and I also follows them. So usually what I do is if I see a picture that I, I don't know the person, I send them a message and private message and ask them for their permission to paint it. 
but the current work that I'm working on, most of the most of the uh, images, I know them in person. And some too, I took the pictures myself. So what were the red eye paintings about? So with the red eyes, um, like I said earlier, when I grew up in Ghana and here in Ghana, we have most people with uh, such eyes. Some of them are yellow and some too can be a little bit red. And that is how my eyes used to be like. And grow, growing up here, I see a lot of people with such eyes and I don't question, I don't point out, you know, because it's, it's part of us and, you know, it's very normal. Most Africans can, you know, uh, say, say this. And when I first moved to the US in 2014, um, I, I became friends with uh, some people. And whenever we go out, I used to dance salsa as well. So whenever we go out to dance, you know, I have people, random people come to me and ask me questions like, oh, why your eyes are red? And sometimes they don't even, you know, say it to my face, but they ask some of my friends, hey, why is your friend's eyes red? Is it, uh, does it do um, uh, uh, drugs? Do I drink? You know, am I tired? And sometimes I don't, I don't say anything to, anything to them. I don't even like reply to their questions. So when I started this new body of works, um, I started looking back and I was like, you know, these are questions that people ask me when, you know, back in the days, I, I couldn't reply to them because I used to be very shy. And uh, in Ghana, when, when, when uh, we have some people that when you're talking to them, they look down, they don't look direct in your eyes and it, it can show sign of uh, uh, shyness or respect. And that is how I used, to, I used to be like, until someone told me in the US that in, in, in the US, when you are talking to someone and you are not looking direct in their eyes, then that means you, know, you are lying or you, know, something, you are hiding something. So when I started this new body of work, I was like, you know, these are things that I, 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 I do not answer. And I feel like my paintings can speak for me. So most of my paintings, I want them to look direct in your eyes and then they can tell my story. So I'm telling my story through these images. Wow. I didn't expect that story to come up. So it was about living outside of your home. Where were you living in the States? Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, how long were you there for? I was I was in Wisconsin for five years. Were you studying? Were you studying there? No, I was I was doing um, my arts and then also uh, teaching uh, salsa dance and then also um, working with uh, um, an organ an art organization called Art at Large. We teach kids uh, paintings and um, I was also doing uh, sewing as well. How did you set up a management company for artist management? So it started, it started with Ahmed. Um, he's a, a very good close friend of mine. Um, he's also my mate. We, we both uh, uh, completed in the same year, uh, 2007. So um, he's, he's an amazing artist. So uh, I've been like men mentoring him, you know, when he started this uh, body of works and he's, he's been doing amazing. So it goes to a time that he was like, you know, why don't we work together? Why don't, why don't I manage him? I was like, well, yeah, that is a good idea because, you know, I've been there. I don't want any, any uh, other person to take advantage of him because I've been there and I've seen what other people can do to other artists. So I wanted to be there for him. So that is how it started. And then Jublik also came in. You're a little further ahead in your career. So that is that is another thing. So sometimes when people approach them and then 
they tell they will tell them to like talk to me. You know, the people that really want uh, want to support their career and don't want to take advantage of them, they do reach out. But the ones that you know they know I'm in the game for a long time, they wouldn't want to approach because they know I will probably you know question them or talk to them about certain things. You know, Mado's gallery they have been amazing because you know from from uh, when they started talking they have been you know like they are very genuine i can tell they are very genuine and you know they want to take their time learn about the artist practice and you know their career how how they want their career to set up and all of that they want to support support them which mm -hmm. is what we want it is what we want it is what we want i look forward to meeting you again in london with jobluck and yeah. and amit and uh, keep up the good work Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Maeve Doyle's Private View. I am an art critic and artistic director at Maddox Gallery. This podcast is produced by Will Fitzpatrick at Soho Radio. The music is by Cora Shidhami. Thank you for listening.